98% of our collective history, the way we organized ourselves was through communities. And then we had this blip with the industrial revolution and we started to, you know, really structure things like a factory with the industrial age and we created corporations and we created, you know, really structured nations and et cetera. And, and, and we kind of, we lost the sense and the value of community in many ways in, in the way it was front and center. This is The Butterfly Effect, a podcast that shows the big impact a small action can do. Tali Orat is talking to those special people that make a difference with nature and trees. Welcome everyone to The Butterfly Effect. My name is Tali Orad. I'm your host and your butterfly here. My special guest today is Lucian Tarnowski. Lucian is the founder curator of United Planet and the architect of the App Game. App Game is a time-traveling immersive reality to tell the greatest story ever told. Lucian spent two years designing a platform for a planetary unifying narrative to emerge to respond to the crisis of meaning and trust. His mission is to deliver on the planet chart, a planetary civilization in harmony with all life. Lucian believes we succeed by reverse engineering the story from the future. He is a Gaian on a mission to serve the birthing of the planetary age. Lucian has a decade of experience in designing and powering online communities that connect diverse stakeholders around a shared purpose. Communities support virtual and distributed teams to scale and achieve their collaboration, knowledge sharing, and problem-solving goals. For 10 years, he worked on Brave New, which enables Fortune 1000 clients such as GE and collaborative such as the Institute for Healthcare Improvement and Geisinger Health, to cooperate and collaborate around a shared purpose. Lucian has been honored as a young global leader by the World Economic Forum. He has been an active attendee of Davos and other World Economic Forum meetings for many years. He continues to research and experiment around the social science behind communities, knowledge sharing, and economic spaces. Since 2002, he has run Take Heart India, a 53-year-old charity started by his father that provides blind and handicapped people in rural India with the vocational empowerment skills required to get lifelong employment. He has spoken at gatherings such as Davos, various World Economic Forum meetings, TEDx, the Digital Summit, Impact Summit, and for companies such as Deutsche Telekom, Oracle, Pearson's, IBM, and PwC. He speaks to audiences around the world about communities and the convergence of talent, knowledge, and capital, and the impact on society. And today, he's here with us. Welcome, Lucian, to the Butterfly Effect. Tali, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I'm absolutely delighted to, to be sharing with you today, and I've been really looking forward to it. The honor is all mine. You have empowered communities online and offline for more than a decade now. Can you share in what sense you empower communities? Mm, well, there's a few different hats here. I've been really experimenting with 
community empowerment. Really, since I was a child, my, my father spent, you know, the best part of 50 some years experimenting with it in India. He, he um, got polio in, in 1958 when he was writing the first guidebook for Bali. And mm-hmm. um, he, he ended up spending uh, the rest of his life in a wheelchair. And so uh, in the 60s, he wanted to um, do the largest study ever done around the state of handicapped people and look at community-based solutions for the transformation of the lives of, of, of handicapped people. Mm-hmm. He did this global expedition where he did 100,000 kilometers overland around the world in his wheelchair in the 60s. Uh, he met Baba Amte, the protege of Gandhi, mm-hmm. and they became his adopted son. And they worked together for 50 years, and they created uh, the world's largest community around leprosy and and disability and it's an amazing community space community training ground for me you know I, right. I kind of grew up in that going going to India and seeing firsthand you know the 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 real deep transformational impact communities of purpose can have on people's lives the power of community the power yeah. of community yeah and so you know for me this it's it's really a uh mix of of art and science i think a lot of it comes from our instinct and our like intuition community is like it's as there and relevant as like in a a person's individual um, awareness like a person's individual awareness is mirrored in the collective and there's a community intelligence already there and i think that community intelligence holds the blueprints to the future of society I I believe these communities all around the world that already hold solutions to their own transformation and they're they're like shining lights of examples of the transformative power of communities. And I I really do believe that it's going to be communities that will deliver on the kind of core pillars of the stack of a planetary society. You know, it's it's about going hyper-local and mm-hmm. uh, and then connecting those communities together so so i've my kind of love of the whole question of community empowerment really is is one of studying meaning making in communities and how to how to really go deeper into a sense of like shared trust and shared purpose and shared action and uh, and 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 build deep kinship you know, I think is really what is most interesting about this moment in time we find ourselves. And so um, yeah. that, that's what, you know, there's so many different ways to answer <laughs> that question. And I, I, I just wanted to really give a feel for, you know, my, my, my sort of community is sort of almost part of my very being. It's like part of my deepest belief that is the key to a, a thriving future for all. Yes, and and you touched a little bit about it's it's small communities um, or it can be big communities, but at the end it's the collaboration, and we need to build the trust within communities to make a bigger impact. Do you see a way for us to do that? Because I know people are sometimes yes, they, they share within their communities, mm. but they're suspicious about others that mm. they don't know maybe. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, so 
You know, I, I do have a, a, a thought on that one is that, you know, communities really, they grow at the speed of trust. And, and you know, a community, it has a, it has a shared purpose, a shared identity. And, you know, it, it's each, each of those communities are like part nodes in a network where diversity can be celebrated. And then there's like, these meta communities that we can think about in society that are representative of, of, of those communities. And those can create planetary scale initiatives to move uh, value into the commons. So, you know, I mm -hmm. think it, it, it's a, it, 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 the way I think about it is how would nature do this? You know, how would nature think about the human species as a collective intelligence? And how would we, you know, return back to that state where, you know, for the vast majority, you know, 98% of our collective history, the way we organized ourselves was through communities. And then mm -hmm. we had this blip with the Industrial Revolution and we started to, you know, really stru structure things like a factory with the Industrial Age. And we created corporations and we created, you know, really structured nations and et cetera. And, and, and we kind of we lost the sense and the value of community in many ways in, in the way it was front and center. And so mm -hmm. what I, what I'm talking about is really a kind of uh, return to community, a return to the ancient future. And, and, you know, with the point you made about, about left and right and like the separation we're seeing, you know, I, I feel that the, one of the, cures if you like or the, the the at least something that could support the conversation is the the breakage point between left and right the 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 the, the point of like extreme othering that we're seeing in society right now that we're not going to be able to heal that by going into the center or just simply by going into compromise etc I sense there's an entirely new dimension that is hiding in plain sight, and that's the dimension of time. And what I'm getting at here is imagine if the cure to left and right was backwards and forwards, and you would go into a completely new dimension where you would start to look at the identity issues, the societal issues, the planetary issues, the health issues, the, you know, everything that's not functioning as it most perfectly could in society and and think about those from a um, lens of the ancient future and so the more we can go back into what have we come from what is like what is the biomimicry what is the way that we can see as like the most natural way of um, of, of like solving every, uh, every challenge we have on this planet. And then in doing that, being able to go further with our collective intuition into the future. And I think about this as quite literally communicating with, with the future. And that can create this kind of like storytelling javelin through time that allows us to have a rope to hold on to and pull ourselves into a more desirable future. Before we 
get there, and, and I'm assuming you talk, we'll get to talk about the app games. <laughs> it's basically you're trying to, to change people's perspective instead of saying, okay, let's, let's drop whatever we were thinking and what our problems and disagreement, and let's think of it from a different perspective of humans and our future and our past. Correct. Yeah. And, and I would say even creating a kind of mythology of stories around that so that we can unite, so that we can bridge the differences, so that we can tell the story of how we got to the place that we can all agree is the best place we can be. In a way, the way I see it is, is basically system change, right? You, you, yeah. You're changing the conditions on system change and And system changes about addressing a root cause of a social problem. I've tried to do that throughout my career several times, and it's really hard to do it because people are kind of like stuck to their grounds and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and have whether it's emotional connections to to those situations or or have a grouch for for any reason. We need to tell them, forget that. Now be forgiving and let's move on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, in a way, I'm looking for that magical, that magic ingredient. For me, it is um, it, that, magical, that magical piece is time travel. It's, it's quite literally a collective experience of another time, another, another story where... You know, systems changes in the trenches are tired right now around the world. Mm-hmm. People are working so hard to turn this ship around and it feels consistently like we're pushing boulders up a hill because we're up against these giant corporations, governments that aren't, don't have the right incentives to change. And it's like so many people can see the writing on the wall, but the very structures of the system are, Like delay it transforming itself because the reasons we have those problems are the system itself. You know it's right. like we've actually got this that like we, we're, we're so ingrained and we're so conquered by the system that the best ways we're using to change it is the system because there's like the only way yeah. which is crazy, <laughs> crazy. And so so what is the magic bullet? I, I, I can't say this is this is this is a this is a kind of a magic wand rather than a bullet and that is to open up a, a different period of time a time where we did it a time where we hit the goal we you know we we, we returned the planet back to uh, you know increased by three trillion trees and we told the story right. it was one trillion at this point and what is that narrative? Then you know the we created a, a planetary healthcare system we're living within planetary boundaries we have completely free ubiquitous access to everything you could learn to unleash your fullest potential in the world and we hold each other to account to reaching our fullest potential and we we live in a society where the Commons outsizes the the, the private sector and so we go into a world where we've done it and we From that place to tell the stories and back them up with the strategies of how we got there it's a mental exercise where we envision ourselves not in 2022 but 
in 2030 where we achieved our goals and now right. tracking backwards. You're correct. It is a reverse engineering from the future. And so the hypothesis we have here is, you know, just like you said, you've tried tried different root causes as in your career as a systems changer. You've tried those things and you've come up with all these barriers. Our hypothesis is it's much, much more cost effective to prototype new system design from the future than it is from the present. Because in the future, we can remove the all of the barriers around actually properly testing that new system. And so what we're thinking is that if we can create a whole virtual world in the future, that is a completely new design of the planet and society and designed as a planetary game for people to thrive and mm -hmm. for us to have food abundance and for us to have regenerative cities and um, land stewardship and for us to have like health and well-being and go, go, going into uh, thriving for all and planetary health and then we go into unleashing potential and then we go into gender harmony and uh, uh, um, ubiquitous energy then mm -hmm. the thriving commons and circular economies and community abundance to water security to ocean stewardship to peace and justice you know, that's our journey through this, 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 these pillars of society. And if we can tell a story of how we transformed the world in each of those pillars, we can actually create a new funding engine to fund those solutions from the future. That's our hypothesis. So we're saying, what if we could fund communities to implement the change they see in the world? from the future in such a way that they could be prototypes for, for communities all over the world to be recipients of funding for how we transform the world and make sure that we have a world for future generations. And was this hypothesis ever tested on different things? So, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're so in the early, 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 early trenches. And I'm so happy to tell you you were part of one of those like early experiments with this. Um, you <laughs> Thank know, you for that. It, it, it was such fun in, 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 at COP26 to, to do the game. This started with really a kind of a, a deep personal inquiry into what is the future of communities and coalitions? to transform the world, to rise to their planetary potential, to transform the world. And how, how would we think about turning systems change into a sport um, where we would have a game to identify the athletes of systems change, the, the Olympians of the future, and be able to showcase and celebrate the most transformational solutions most likely to create the future we all want. And so that's that. Those are kind of some of the things I've been thinking about, and asking lots and lots of different people along along the the, the 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 years for their input in that. And so the game has been so far a, a, a sort of deep personal quest into this question of how do we write a new story for our shared future. But we're now at the point that the game has been sufficiently structured we've we've taken like well over a thousand people through the game mm -hmm. and so now we're at a point where 
we're thinking the game is ready to start rolling out in with coalitions, with with communities of purpose, with uh, organizations that are at the forefront of, of, of systems change to come through the game experience, envision their story of the future and create immersive realities around that, 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 that story of the future. And then actually start to create the goals that will take, take us in a stepping stone function towards that future. And then what we can start to do is financially enable outcome-based rewards for teams that are hitting those goals. So the whole idea is how can we create a flywheel to create the common the commons wealth engine, you know, this, this flywheel that can fund communities to transform themselves. That's the questions I'm 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 asking. And like right. we're still at the early stage of prototyping, you know, it's like it, it's super interesting time to be kind of in it, just just testing these hypotheses with different individuals and communities at the forefront of envisioning the future. And do you go through the entire process where when you do that or you just start, spark the idea and then leave them? Yeah, what, what, what we've done is all sorts of shapes and sizes of games and, and we've kind of landed on a formula. The way, the way a game is structured is we have typically four teams or a minimum of four teams mm-hmm. and it goes over five days. And um, day, day number one is air day and we create the air team comes together and creates an immersive experience of air day where the, the game has a particular focus. Let's say the game coming up next week is on health and well-being. Mm-hmm. With health and well-being, we air day tells the story of the future of health and well-being and all of the different ways we live and showcases kind of all, all creates an immersive reality into that future of health and well-being mm-hmm. and then um, we pull out each day we pull out particular topics that are invited to be represented by the air team and so during the air element we have the topics of health and well-being funnily enough mm-hmm. uh, thriving for all planetary health and then uh, unleashing potential and so the air team tell a story of the future health health and well-being from their team's perspective so they could be a coalition doing something and they go into the future and they tell the story of um, what planetary health and well-being looks like and then that's the first team then it goes to the next day Um, the Tuesday and that's the water team and so the water team come together they create their immersive experience when he, when we do this in Ibiza we go out on this amazing 1942 42 meter like jewel of the seas called the Carla Miller boat um, wow. and it's amazing we spend the day on the water and we go swimming and we create these immersive experiences celebrating the element of water telling the story of community abundance, uh, water security, ocean stewardship, and peace and justice. Mm-hmm. And so then the next day, the fire team come together. And that's where we, we go to a specific location. And then the, the, the fire team creates, t- tells a story and, and through an immersive experience 
of gender harmony, ubiquitous energy, wealthy commons, and circular economies. And so, so you start to get this stacking function where everybody that's going through this experience is experiencing each other's stories, their visions, their, as from an experiential perspective, more than just in, in, in our mind. It's actually we're experiencing right. it, we're touching it, we're feeling it. We're actually developing new culture around it. And then, and then we go through Earth Day. And so the Earth team creates this amazing immersive experience around uh, food abundance, around uh, regenerative city, around infrastructure transformation, regenerative cities, and then land stewardship. And so we go around the whole system. And so the whole idea is what we're looking to do is bring you into your best self in the future in a place of like open imagination where you're, you're, you, you're, you're playing as your future self with your story of what you contributed to make these stories happen. And so we create this immersive experience around that. And the whole idea then is to come together on the Friday on Ether Day to have like a story baby it's 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 like a way to come together and say what is the what is the collective narrative of the teams you know earth air fire water kind of like a captain planet storytelling moment mm-hmm. um, and so the whole idea here is by going into the future we can remember like non-linear transformations and then we can start to plot them together and actually see how they can support each other and see how, if we can think it, we can actually re- reverse engineer it. And so what if we were able to start to move literally um, trillions in, in, in capital towards those kind of transformations? That's what, that's what we're sort of at that early stage of prototyping going, okay, how can these new teams of really like epic planetary talent how could they be really unleashed as a team of teams to be able to um, share what they're already holding, the codes they're already holding, the solutions they're already holding in a way that can collectively, you know, accelerate the, the transformation of the planet. That's, that's really the kind of key point of what we're looking to design for and, and and you know i hope that's hope that's kind of a a, a good explanation of the experience and, and you know yeah there's and a lot more i could say but <laughs> and it, it it feels like you're also changing the narratives of looking of looking at the sdg goals not just as we're solving one of them you're basically solving all of them by looking at it from the elements perspective of you mentioned air Correct. water yeah fire and and earth so which is soil changing our perspective and that allows us to put down our our barriers and our walls in a way and mm-hmm. and and like i think i answered my my questions from from the beginning where i ask you how do i i dropped off i drop off what holds me back and i think that's that's your silver <laughs> your magic wand <laughs> you know, it, it, it is like we need we need radical hope right now you know we we have we have a what feels like an insurmountable challenge a kind of meta crisis right now and mm-hmm. you know we 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 more than you know more than i think is is recognized we need 
um, we need a, a, a story of a, a triumphant, a, a celebratory, a enchanting mythology of ourselves in our role of transforming the world. And so how can we collectively live that story is such an interesting question. You know, it's like, how can we collectively have an experience that we keep coming back to where we can meet each other as our best selves in hope, in, in, in kind of childlike faith and wonder that us in that collective state of mutual empowerment and collective intelligence and unleashed potential, when we're in that state of group coherence and like hearts beating in sync with each other, that it's actually that place that we redesign our world. It's in that state that we redesign our world because it's exactly what Einstein was getting at when he said, you don't solve problems with the same level of thinking that created them. You know, so mm -hmm. if we go into the problem solving with the same level, like what if we were like children playing a game a, when we're designing like the solutions to what seem like insurmountable challenges right now? You know, that's, that's, that's my, my uh, you know, my hope and prayer for the up games future is a place where people can really like find themselves, like find who, you know, what is my, what is my like deepest purpose in this life it, that, that, that we get to live right now mm -hmm. in this world in like front row seats to like, you know, the, the equivalent of like Star Wars, <laughs> you know, it's like a <laughs> major civilizational crescendo we find ourselves living in. What is my role? What note will I play? And like, if we can be the game with which so many of us in the world can find our purpose and alignment with what the planet wants, you know, with the collective intelligence of a whole and like a, a new prayer for like, what is our fullest becoming? You know, mm -hmm. what, is, what is the next civilization we can be that is like the, you know, it's like the next United States experiment is, is happening right now. Uh, only we're not experimenting with nations. You know, it's, 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 we're, we're talking about a complete civilizational handbrake turn where every single Gaian, and I'm not talking just humans, like every single living being would be part of a wholesome design of like a whole planetary operating system that serves all that this is actually happening and it's happening in so many ways. And I just happen to be incredibly privileged that I've made it my like biggest passion to go and speak to those at the front lines of that change. You know, I, I can certainly like report back <laughs> and say <laughs> it's pretty freaking amazing what's going on right now. You know, there's so yes. many incredible solutions that so many of us are not aware of. And so many of us, like the existing system has made it complicated so nobody can actually like understand the system because it's so complicated like you can't even understand the financial system it's just gone beyond any individual's ability to understand actually what's going yeah. on and so like yes. that's the like we need to make this simple we need to make it elegant we need to make it you know it can be complex but not complicated you know and right. so like those are design challenges and what if we were had the approach of humble audacity where we knew we couldn't fail because what our mission was, was to tell a new story. Let's tell the best story possible. Now, you mentioned bringing it to all of us. How can we bring it to all of us? And then do you find that it needs to be to key roles 
or mm-hmm. key individuals, because I can see individuals that are powerful and impactful, but not necessarily have key roles. So yeah, great, great question. So and there's two two ways of answering it. So there's the here and now where we focus on you know, leaders of coalitions, for example, is what I'm currently looking to engage with, like leaders of communities, leaders of transformational organizations to prototype mm-hmm. the early games with. But, you know, our, our hope for the up game is that this can become a movement where communities all around the world can play the future and step into their future avatars and be part of transforming their communities and that this can be a, a new, you know, what Buckminster Fuller would have called a new world game. But it's yeah. going to take much, 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 much more than me and a lot, many of us, you know, to get to that next stage of the game. But I do believe there is great need in the world for a game to collectively transform our society. Yes. Where did you get the idea, by the way, for this mental exercise? Back in 1963, JFK gave a very famous speech to Congress where he said, by the end of the decade, we're going to put a man on the moon and bring him safely back to Earth. And James Webb was running NASA at the time. James Webb was who landed us on the moon. And he knew in 1963 that we didn't have a clue how to get a man on the moon. Like, we just didn't have the technology. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what he did was super smart. He threw the biggest party NASA had thrown, inviting the brightest minds from across America that NASA was in touch with, like the rocket scientists, et cetera, to come Mm -hmm. to to celebrate landing on the moon in 1963. And I heard this story and I was just like, this, this is it. This is so it. It's (laughs) like, we need to celebrate the planetary civilization before we get there and like give people the narrative that that's what we're here to do. And so I've been going to Davos for the last 14 years. And so I I have like mailing lists of, you know, everyone that goes to Davos. And so I took to 2019 in three days, put together this crazy event (laughs) that was the first 2030 celebration. And I took the mailing list of, of everybody that goes to Davos and to the best of my capacity, put them into two buckets of, um, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of you could, you could broadly say Sith and Jedi, um, <laughs> and, and basically invited those that I thought were a, a net positive in the world to come to a closing party in Davos to celebrate the delivery of the global goals, the, the sustainable development goals, and, mm-hmm. to, um, and, and the birth of the planetary civilization. And so I started sending these uh, kind of like planetary service announcements every day to these emails saying what a beautiful, thriving world we live in in 2030. And we're here to celebrate our contribution to creating it uh, at the closing event. And and so I knew it was a great concept. Um, And -hmm. it was like my I think it was like my 10th year in Davos when I was doing this or 11th year or something. And so I was like I, I was like wanting to do an experiment. And, and it worked. We had like one in, one out after 20 minutes. People were queuing all the way around the block to come to the, the event, even though all the other parties in Davos were like, um, you know, 
as good as yes crazy (laughs) expensive uh, you know really like this was a place where we invited people to come together and like we 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 had a cacao ceremony the following year. We had like 18 people come and give stories from 2030, including wow. like an astronaut, including the Dean of Said Business School, like from all over the world, the, 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 the founder of Africa 2.0 and awesome stories telling the story of how we did it in 2030. And, and so it was like, that's where it began. And I was like, oh, this is a really powerful format to have as a celebration because it changes the frame you you go you 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 don't have to like give your ideas or your imagination a haircut or a diet because you want them to adapt to the existing status quo you go all in fully to the what would we design if like anything was possible and i realized that that's the mental state we need to to have to change the world and Mm -hmm. so then i was like oh what if time is hiding in plain sight and it's actually by stepping outside of this present moment in time that we can reimagine uh, like a new time and it's actually a game of time and that was like oh that was like a big aha for the upgate it was like yeah. oh we can create a whole immersive reality in a different time and you know people love like doctor who and and that kind of thing it's like people mm-hmm. love the idea of going into an imaginary world and then People love the idea of turning an imaginary world into reality because it's so much better. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and <laughs> and we met at, at COP26 back in Glasgow. And over there, everything around us definitely seemed like the UN Sustainable Goals are for climate are not going to be achieved by 2030. Yeah. Demonstrations outside. And and when we met, you were super optimistic. And we we actually, as you mentioned, did this exercise. And I, I, pre- I really, really appreciate that and, and the work. And I know you've done probably a thousand, if not more, events like that or, or mental exercises like that or traveling to the future. Best, best phrase ever. Uh, can you share maybe one story that you feel like people can relate to? One story from the future. Yes. Oh, this is such a, an invitation. So my favorite thing, I think, uh, that I've synthesized from listening to so many people's dreams of the future is what I've been calling the planetary hat trick. And it's my, it's my trick to, to put three ideas in the one question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the planetary hat trick is three big ideas that come together. One is a new planetary language. It's called Gaian. We, in 2030, we don't just communicate with the spoken word. We, we use many, many more senses. We use our whole physical body. We use our intuition. We use our, all our senses concurrently. Mm-hmm. Um, we wear these uh, fully haptic uh, body suits when we play the game uh, called Amore Skins. Uh, that we wear our love. <laughs> and then the, the second was the game, you know, the, the, the game where we reimagined our world, um, where everybody was turned into a player in the infinite game, uh, the game to create a win for all world, um, where, you know, I win when everybody wins. You know, we introduced all sorts of things into the game that created this move from billion, billionaires to billions of heirs, 
yeah we uh were we created like the 100x principle for example where the most anyone could get paid um in, in a given day through the game was 100 times the the, the minimum and then finally there was the uh, perpetual planetary party and this has been a party that has never ended um, it, it goes around the world uniting communities and coalitions with the uh, with the motto make it a better party uh, and it follows the united planet gps make it a better game make it a better planet make it a better story and so the perpetual planetary party was where we celebrate the ideas and source the ideas from which we transform ourselves. And so it's a wonderful way to celebrate our way into a childlike wonder and imagination of our greatest potential. That's beautiful. So it's, you speak in Mother Earth language, uh -huh. which is the Gaian. You wear the love <laughs> and you share it by everybody's playing and participating for a greater good. I'm just curious to know if the party by 2030 will be the same party you did back in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the trick of a time traveler. That's a dragon egg. A dragon yes, egg is, yes. is like layering fractal <laughs> truths. <So>. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Lucian, what is your favorite tree? So my favorite tree is uh, the teak tree. Even more specifically, my favorite tree is the teak tree that my father is buried underneath. Uh, and that's in the, uh, the, the sec second home and s sacred home that I, I'm so privileged to have in, in India, in Anandvan, the forest of bliss. And, um, and yeah, for me, that tree is very symbolic of my father being like a, uh, the ancestral equivalent of a teak tree. And uh, I, I, I love, I love, uh, I love the big leaves of a teak tree. I love the wood. I love the energy of being around a teak tree. And I love the knowledge that my father's ashes are now uh, nourishing a, a beautiful teak tree in a garden called the Joie de Vivre. This is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for bringing us the optimism of a brighter future. I'm looking forward to see where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the pots of gold over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Thank you, Lucian. Such a pleasure, Tali. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for joining me today. We are all beautiful butterflies, each in his and her individual ways. I wanted to thank you for joining me today in this episode. I really appreciate you coming on this journey with me and I hope you can join me next time. And remember, it only takes a small action to make a big difference. Be a butterfly. And that's all for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe to hear more of our stories of change 